Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first of HHN 31's Stay in Screencast. Like always, I'm here with my good friend, Duff. Oh, if only you knew how we just transitioned directly into this episode. I might keep it. We'll see. Wow, it'll be good. It'll be good. Yeah. I like it. Send me $5. It's, it's also very good for our self-esteem. That's right. We talk positively about ourselves. <laughs> so. send, send me $5, and I will send you the unedited <laughs> intro. It's only about... 45 seconds tops. Yeah, it's worth it. Yeah, it's worth it. But what we've decided to do, because it is the first day in Screencast, um, a lot of you might be joining us for the first time. If it is your first time, welcome. If it's not, welcome back. Um, Stay in Screencast is just a little project that Duff and I started during HHN Lite, which was a way for us to get that Stay in Screen experience without actually being in Stay in Screen. And then last year, it was the Stay in Screencast Mostly, minus yeah, some late was, evenings. Yeah. Um, we cheated a few times. Yeah, yeah, but it's okay. You know, we had the vibes. We always get a drink. We sit yeah. down, yeah. and we just want to put you in the middle of a conversation of two people that really love the event and share what we, we love about it. Exactly. Um, I'd like to point out, this one, we're not at stay screen, but it is our stay screen it's for It's our stay So it still counts. Yes. It's not cheating. So like Duff is alluding to, we are actually here. Uh, we've both been invited to check out the HHN media uh, coverage. So we're here in Cabana Bay waiting. So if you're hearing a lot of background noise, bowling pins, the arcade machines, uh, Starbucks, we're, we're right here. We're right on top of it. But um, so, yeah, what we decided to do is the tried and true fan debate. What is your top 10 HHN houses? I calculated it, Duff. I'm on, uh, I, I'm getting close to the 70-ish house range. Wow. Yeah, so I've gone through 70 houses yeah. multiple times. Okay. Um, and today, before the event, I tweeted out, I'm like, you know what, here's my top 10. And then when I was like, what should we do for this show? It's right there. So I forced you to type up your list real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Disclaimer there. I literally typed up <laughs> my top five I've been pretty confident about. Yeah. It was six through 10 where like, this is kind of on the spot. So um, if we talk about this next week and they're a little different, that's why. Things shift, things change. And I guess like the reason this is on the mind for me is we're going into a brand new event year. And last year, two mazes actually crept into my top 10 that were HHN 30 mazes. Um, and I think there's a high probability of a 31 house doing the same thing, bumping out something old um, and just really connecting. Now you, I know, you have like a three year rule, right? Like it's until I officially rank. Yeah, it's two years. Two years. Two year rule. I uh, have to experience uh, two more, or I have to experience one event fully, like past. So like last year. Okay. Because I cannot officially rank anything till the end of this year. Okay. Understood. Yeah. Uh, but I did for this list for now. Okay. Uh, and I'm pretty confident it's going to stay where it was. Okay. I'm interested to see where it ends up. So hey, let's go ahead and hit the Bart Man and let's talk about our top ten Halloween Horror Nights Orlando houses. Copyright strike one day. 
Disney doesn't care about Fox. They're sending everything to streaming, right. so it's fine. We'll just keep getting shitty-ass Simpsons crossovers till the end of time. Anyways, Duff, why don't you go ahead and start off with your number 10? Yeah, so my number 10. Uh, I'm going back to my disclaimer. Wait, wait, wait. Well, uh, uh. We messed up. We forgot to tell people what we're drinking. It's not staying Screamcast oh, without drinking. That's right. So uh, I am having at Cabana Bay at the Swizzle Lounge. They have the pumpkin theme bar this year. I got the Universal Monsters, the Wolfman. Oh, yeah. I couldn't tell you what's in it, but it is quite good. Oh. I uh, I went with the pumpkin patch, which wasn't the most. It was the most intriguing, not the most delicious sounding to me. Sure. Um, it is. It was a whiskey. I don't remember which one. Sorry. It was like a. I don't remember. It was a whiskey. Yeah. And then it has a heavy cream, a pumpkin syrup, and butterscotch liqueur. Um, pretty good. A lot heavier. Sweet. Is it tickling? It's it's pretty sweet. Yeah. It's a lot heavier in the cream than I was hoping for, but it tastes good still. I think it's safe to say off of this, uh, my drink and your drink, much better than the Icon drinks from last year. I mean, they were all bad. Yeah. Like bad. This this blows out every one of yeah. those drinks. Yeah. I will say that. But anyways, sorry for cutting you off. We had to cover that, though. Your number 10 house. Yeah, back to my disclaimer about how this was all last minute. Like, this kind of doesn't sound like a top 10 to me. Like, it sounds like it should be just outside. But I couldn't think of anything of, to put above it. So, um, saws and steam into the machine. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my co-host Mike's favorite, favorite house, house of all time. Favorite house of all time. Uh, Trivia notably. question. Trivia question, if you yeah. were there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it, it's... Uh, I, I enjoy the dystopian, and I know a lot of people are kind of tired of that, but I think this house did it perfectly. The way they, it's, it was like this promising life you were going to go to, you know? And that's, yeah. that's what they're pitching. You go to paradise. Uh, paradise was not paradise, to yeah. say the least. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think I think the sets were great. I think the concept was a lot of fun. It was sad, you know, just yeah. how, because almost reflecting real, re- like, reality. Sure. Um it just hit it hit a lot of marks for me, and it was very enjoyable, and it's one of those ones I can really picture pretty clearly to this day. This is definitely a house that I wish I could have experienced, and I, I think we are overdue for a sequel or a new interpretation of it. There's so much they could do, because if I remember, this was one of the last, like, Jaws locations, right? This, yep. this is 21, and Jaws closed 2012? Yeah. 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 So, yeah, this might have been the last one. I'd it have was, to double yeah, check no, it would be, because we didn't get... It closed in, like, May 2012 or something, right? Uh, yeah. Right. You remember when they put the tourists out there and, like, pool inflatables? Like, in the yes. walkways? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Universal's best-kept secret, Diagon Alley, at the time. Um, so my number 10 is something I definitely don't expect for you uh, to be on your list, but it is very much my personal choice, and I understand where people might say this is a mid-tier house mm-hmm. or it's a uh, maybe even a bad house. But for me personally... HHN is about being enveloped in those worlds and being enveloped in that environment of something I love very, very much. And if you know where I'm going, I'm talking about Ghostbusters. I just found Ghostbusters to be a perfect interpretation of the IP. I had so much fun going through it. I'm so glad it was at the event. I loved how it was integrated throughout the event, but the house itself, really love it. Have a soft spot for it. Always will. Um, I don't know how many houses I've been through exactly, but if I, let's say I've been through 120. This probably this is isn't the top 100. <laughs> this is not top 100. We'll put it that way. I was being nice. I wasn't going to shit on your answers. Now it's yeah, war. Now it's war. Actually, you won't because you'll like them all. Or yeah. have not experienced them. Oh, wow. Good point. Yeah. So what's your number nine? My number nine is Gothic. A style that I obviously love very much based off another house I talk about that you'll hear about later on the list. Yeah. Um, 
it's that very dreary I guess gothic is the way to describe yeah, the aesthetic it is gothic yeah, <laughs> yeah it is um, you know Halloween-y thing going on you know and um, it, it uses elements as in like the, the weather and um, I, I think that's important to a lot of houses where they've kind of left them out a lot in mm-hmm. houses that like I think could be been taken that next step but could because they didn't add that element of here's weather here's temperature and all you know all yeah. that stuff um, and I think this used every element it possibly could and the sets were just fucking amazing now I, I, I feel like I've asked this question before on catacombs or maybe even stay in screamcast do you think gothic gets a boost for being in a notoriously bad year do we remember it more fondly because all the other houses are uh, were mean, reportedly weak that year. You do have Dead End, which is strong. But I feel like those are the two. Those are the only two good ones. Like, you know, in the past couple of years, it's like, here's everybody's list. They're yeah. so different. Everybody has everything. It's like, here's one and two. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure it does. I try not to hold those But biases. it was a good house. Oh, great. it was a great from, house. From what I've seen, yeah. it looks amazing. But is there a bias in there? Because I remember it being the best of its year. Probably. Probably. Yeah. That's fair. But... Honestly, some of the most beautiful sets they've ever done at the same time. So, at the very least, I can say that for sure. I got to see the one scene that I most wanted to see, which was the Overlook, the cathedral scene, because it was in Jack's 25. Mm -hmm. And uh, that gargoyle, one of my first serious scares I ever got at the event. Really? Yep. Yeah, we talk a lot of trash about Jack's 25, but for a fan coming into the event, pretty cool. Well, my number nine is a house that a lot of people really love and have really high up on a lot of their lists uh i know this was a big this is either the favorite or like top three favorite of my previous co-host uh sterling on catacombs and that is tomb of the ancients tomb of the ancients you might remember it made the list for our top 10 houses of all time when we did the if you missed that episode catacombs we got a bunch of people including duff to all sit down and do like a big ranking where we live edited a google doc out of 50 houses that we all voted on, here's the top 10. Tomb of the Ancients made it. Really scary house. 26, in my opinion, was a really strong year overall. And Tomb of the Ancients stuck out because it was so strong. I love the theming of it. That Indiana Jones archaeology aspect of it really came through in a really fun way. From the giant, like Anubis stilt walker to the person getting the, uh, was it a spine rip? Or was it like the stomach like pull out? The sacrificial like slab. Anyways, Croco Lion. So many fun character designs in here, and there's a reason they still go to Tomb of the Ancients and pull little photos from it when they're doing the advertising. Yeah, I mean I have nothing to argue with here. If we made a top fifteen, this probably cracks that list. So you know it's not far off my top ten. Um, for all the reasons you said, it's kind of that uh, expedition feel. And, yeah. Uh, as someone who's always kind of wanted like a heavy like like ancient Egyptian style house this isn't that obviously but it's kind of as close as I've gotten until this evening yes correct yeah yes yeah so yeah Um, number eight my number eight I think is going to be probably the first one we're going to end up sharing I can't guarantee that but I bet it's on your list Um, that's going to be Slaughter Cinema also my number eight oh perfect look at that same spot and everything yeah Um, yeah I mean it's you're literally wearing the shirt as we're sitting here I didn't realize that um, I mean, I'm a, I'm a sucker for cheesy, like, B-horror in the first place. 
and um, the way they pulled off the original takes on each of those. Yeah. Like, they all were intriguing to some level. I didn't dislike any of the scenes. Yeah. Uh, just, like, the concepts themselves. Liked them all. Uh, but the scares were still there, you know? Like, they still found a way to take the comedy house and make it scary, I guess, you know? Yeah. Uh, it wasn't the most intense thing in the world, but it worked really well. And it's... Like the era they went for, obviously, you know, this is kind of when they started to really lean into the 80s quite a bit. Yeah. Um, but it also had that, like, 50s flair of it's in this old drive-in, and it still has that leftover Great facade. Well. I love the way it, it looks. Yeah. So it was, it was almost, think back to the future, like 80s, but still then there's the nostalgia of the 50s all tied into one, and it's, loved it. Dude, Fraction. from walking in and hearing Maniac playing, yeah. And then going straight into Devil Dogs with the Farrah Fawcett poster on the wall, and it's this smoky dive bar. Loved it. There was so much about um, Slaughter Sentimental Love, and I, I totally agreed. It just is one of those houses that, on a, on like a technical level, I, I think if you watch like a walkthrough or whatever, you're like, oh, that looks fun. Top ten though, you really had to kind of walk through it and experience, it, and then you were either on board or you weren't. And I think a lot of people were on board. Yeah. So, since you took the lead on that one, I'll go ahead and swap with you, because my number seven is actually a maze that I know you don't like. Oh, God. We're popping into one of my uh, favorite IP houses that we've gotten, and that is Poltergeist. Talk about Poltergeist a ton. I think that everything people love about graveyard games, they found the formula in Poltergeist. Uh, the catacomb section, obvious bias aside, stands out like a like a sore thumb in my memory. I'm never going to forget that. Love the facade. Love the entrance. I think people give this house a lot of crap because they think it falls off in the second end. And while it does kind of decline a little bit, I do think that that second half fall off has been exaggerated as time has gone on. I don't think it's as big of a drop as people pretend it is. I'd like to point out first of all, I don't dislike the house. I just think it is heavily overrated. It's considered by many to be fully an all-timer, maybe best IP house ever. And for me, it's more of just a, it's good, you know? And I, I think a lot because, one, that facade, insane. Yeah. Absolutely insane. That's almost perfection right there. But I think the fall-off is real. You son of a bitch! I think the fall-off is 100% real. And when you hit the birth canal, that... The birth canal. <laughs> that house falls very, very flat suddenly. Look, I get it. I love that they went a different direction with this house. Um, I like that it was the one of my first exposures to here's a break from the book report houses yeah. and the, the original take on an IP kind of and while I really like Exorcist and I like Halloween 2 and I like Texas and all of those other houses I think it was the most successful IP interpretation we had for a while at that point and it probably is my favorite um, that we had gotten uh, at least in recent memory yeah, I, I'm probably going to stick by that, actually. Okay. And I think 28 was a really strong year overall, so the fact that that sticks out, um, I think, says a lot. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not going to knock anyone who thinks that's a great house, because I see why. I fully see why. I just think the uh, fall-off is a little too much for me to still keep it in super high regard. Sure. Top uh, 40. Yeah, yeah, sure. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> if it's lucky. It's probably top 40. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, my number seven, I'm going to stick to another comedy house. And this one, uh, we'll see a bit of this year. That's going to be Leavitt's Cleaver. Yeah. Obviously, regarding Meaty Meats and Meats Locker. We had a brief little visit last year. Yeah. We got to hop in the time. Yeah. And actually, not that brief. It was probably the longest section, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, honestly, the biggest one for this specific house is imagery. The imagery this created and the lore kind of struck into the event with 
don't know, a house that didn't seem it was supposed to stick like that. You sure. Know? It just kind of did. It just landed perfectly for everybody. And it kind of goes back to that kind of like 50s kind of goofy humor aesthetic to it, you know? Yep. That 80s take on the 50s, really. Um, and I just think it's a lot of fun. It created characters that people still long for today. And have been brought back several and times. have been brought back several times, exactly. From and Ghost Town, Jax 25, uh, last year, like we just talked about. And again, I think it's one of those houses where, yeah, it's, it is a comedy house, and it landed well there, too, but still didn't lose the Horror Nights scare factor, you know? Because I feel like sometimes those comedy houses do tow a little too heavy one side. Sure. And this did. Beautiful it'll, blend. It'll be very interesting, because I think we're kind of getting a similar sort of vibe from the infamous Bug House this year. We're kind of getting little bits and pieces and early reactions yeah. where it's like, this is not a meat sequel, but I'm getting similar vibes. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited to see that. And again, the 50s, uh, specifically, it's like a 50s product and um, kind of advertising a 50s, yeah. you know, so it's staying along those exact lines, too. Next up for me is a house that I could totally see getting knocked out this year. F1 is, uh, F1 house in particular is really good because I am talking about Universal Monsters from HHN 29. I think when you are reintroducing the Universal Monsters to the event, which had a little bit of a hiatus, you know, they had shown up here or there, Universal loves their monsters, but we're definitely in the, the monsters era, if you will, with them being featured every year. Um, this was a great way to reintroduce you. Here's this new version of Dracula. Here's the new version of Frank, the Wolfman. Even Gilman was thrown in there. And I just think for characters that we're all very, very familiar with, it was very successful in not only revitalizing those characters, but I actually think that house had very consistent scares. The mummy section, we still talk about, that claustrophobic, tight Egyptian area is one of my favorite sections in a house in recent memory. And with getting Legends Collide this year... You know, maybe this is one that goes. It depends on how good Legends Collide is, but um, I'm getting a little bit of that mashup element this year, and I'm getting uh, the mummy as the focus. Might have competition. We'll see. First of all, I feel like there's room for both in your top ten. Come on. They can both survive. I can't have every single Universal Monsters in my top ten. But yeah, no. This is one of the best IP houses for me ever. Uh, Spoiler alert, there's not a single IP on my top 10 list, so that's why this is not here. Wow. Uh, this is a top three IP house. For, As for you sure. said. Yeah. It's, you know, my Hot preference. take, but wow. the originals are always... There, right? Yeah. Always what I prefer. You're going to get 169 likes on that. Posted. I think, you know, top 20 though, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I think it, it nails almost every scene. There's not really a scene that I look back on and I'm like, yeah, but was that enough of that character? Did they give us enough? I, I think every one of them kind of did it for me, you know? Heck, I wish you... I wish the mummy scene was a little longer, but I think what was in there was phenomenal. It was really good. Yeah. yeah. So, no, really no complaints. Before that house, if you would have said, oh, we're getting a Phantom of the Opera house, I would have been like, interesting. But now after seeing that, you know, several years ago at this point, I'm like, Phantom's probably up there for right. houses I'd love to right? see. I think it's behind Gilman. Gilman. I think once they do Gilman, Phantom's up. I think that's it, yeah. yeah. Same. Yeah. All right, uh, what are we at, number six? Um, well, I just did my... You did number seven, right? No, that was my number six, because we oh. shared Slaughter, so you okay. were on to... I'm still at my six, because yes. I said six. Yeah. Uh, Nightingale's Blood Prey, the uh, superior version of the house. 
the sequel version, much, much, much better than uh, Blood Pit. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, this kind of, at the time, it reintroduced and honestly brought to a level we hadn't seen this extremely, like, gory, like, super detailed gore going on in an HHN house. Like, it was insane. Like, just how well it... The it, man getting ripped in half scared? Yeah, exactly. Oh, so good. It's something that just... I'm so glad there's really good footage right? of that. It's something that's just ingrained in me, that exact scene. It was just... Of course, Horror Nights, the old school Horror Nights is known for being gory, but the way they did it was... It, it felt real. Yeah. Like, this is the first time it ever felt real. And it was just... It was beautiful. The character designs... Well, I kind of have the hot take. I think the murder chickens kind of look a little better and make a little more sense. Weird, I know. But I still love the original Nightingales, too. Yeah. Look great. I love the story itself, behind the trenches, um, and then the way that led through the house. It was just bloody and beautiful. Well, as you guys know, if you listened recently to Matt and I's top ten scenes of Halloween Horror Nights podcast, the trenches tank scene actually made my top ten scenes. Because I didn't get to see the house... But I did get to see that scene in Jack's 25. That's true. Going back to Jack's yeah. 25 a lot. But yes, totally. This is uh, this is probably the house from 21. It's like, if you've got one, what would you go back to? It's that one. Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, so number five for me is no surprise to anybody. I've talked about this house a lot. I'm not going to have to repeat the story, but there was one IP that pulled me into the event and it made me the fan that I am today at American Werewolf in London. I didn't get to see 23. People say 23 was better. 25 was still a hell of a house. Great memories of it. And um, without that house, I wouldn't be here doing this podcast with you. So, American Werewolf in London. Not going to say much more than that. I think that gets the point across. Again, another one of the top five IPs ever for me. You know, it's still That'd be interesting to make you do a top ten yeah, IP. Just list. IPs, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it, okay, nothing bad to say about it. I think there's some really fun scenes. The puppetry was revolutionary as yep. far as HHN goes. The first time you walk into the moors and there's that giant puppet snapping yep, at you. Yep, um, And it's puppetry styles they still use to this day and are still effective to this day. I still think it's probably the best usage of the puppets Agreed. as far as placements Agreed. they've done ever. They, As, like, the scare actor, the puppets were utilized the best in American Werewolf. Instead of embellishment. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. But who knows? Maybe Chupacabra. Hey. Lots of puppets. Hey. We'll see. Find out tonight. Yeah. Uh, so my number five, uh, speaking of things we could see tonight again, uh, Scarecrow the Reaping. I mean, this is one that people talk about a lot. It's I'm not ready to talk about this. That's yeah. fine. That's fine. It's, it's known as, widely known, as one of the scariest houses, if not the scariest house HHN's ever put out. It was dark. It was scary. It was in your face. Literally. If you don't like birds, you fucking hate this house, too. Yeah. Poor Brad Jones. <laughs> um, and that, like... I think it's going to be tough to replicate in the scare zone tonight. I really do. I have yeah. a lot of hopes for the sets I've seen. and uh, But, uh, man, this is... It just was kind of like lightning in a bottle. The way they pulled off something that was just... There wasn't much to see at the end of yeah. the day, yet was still such a beautiful, terrifying experience. I said I wasn't ready to talk about this because this is my number four. Oh, look at that. Um, Scarecrow the Reaping. For all the reasons you just said, and the only thing I'm going to bring up is a big part of this house. When people say cast make the house, Scarecrow, A cast, B cast, maybe there was a C cast, I don't know. But everybody went in with, we're going to scare the living shit out of you. And there was never a moment that they weren't trying to completely wreck you. And uh, that's why Scarecrow has the reputation. Because if you just do the generic barn theme, rustic, 
that is an environment that for me I get kind of creeped out just because I think a lot of people do but some people it doesn't but the scare actors and the designs of all those scarecrows really pull it together and of course we both get to go see Hollywood's take on the exact house yeah you know, I'm excited apparently they're using the same treatment which is going to lead to basically apparently the same layout uh, just a slightly slightly different take story wise and Zod looks badass Young I'm, Matt I'm excited Young Matt um, we're in the top three. Well, no, My you're four, four, and then we'll be My in top three. My number four is uh, Dollhouse of the Dams. I think one of the creepiest things to me is a shit ton of, like, ceramic dolls. Like, that style of doll. Is porcelain dolls. Porcelain, man. thank you. Yeah. Uh, horrifying. Absolutely horrifying. And the way they were utilized in this house, first of all, everywhere. Yeah. Um, and basically used as humanoids throughout, too, which I... I'm a little speechless trying to... It, it's terrifying. Sure. Terrifying. This is the haunt... In the best way possible. This is the haunt in HHN history that feels the most like one of those extreme, like, independent haunts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But still to that HHN production value. Yeah. That facade... So It's cool. one of my favorites. Yeah. Uh, it's one of the first I can remember that really immersed you with different smells rather than just the typical. Um... And a lot of people hate it for that reason because it smelled like shit in part of the house. You might not believe it, but they had team members eating nothing but beans. Right? That's what it was? The entire two months. They literally said no bathroom I bet Mike was in there, should ask him. Jeff Bezos ran that house, yeah. Take a shit right here. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, and I think (laughs) mask designs, also another important factor. Some of the most beautiful, and by beautiful I mean disgustingly terrifying mask designs I've ever seen. Yeah. So... For sure. Many reasons it's up here. Well, my number three, I said that I had uh, houses from HHN 30 breaking in the list, but we actually got this house a little bit sooner than that because it was one of the headliners for HHN Light, uh, the Bride of Frankenstein Lens. I think it is, in my opinion, the most thoroughly told story that an HHN house has ever done, at least that I've experienced. The fact that that story translated so well whether or not you knew the backstory it is really quite amazing the way that it really is a film that you were walking through but then it fully delivered on the promise of everything else whether that was the set or the scares um, and just having to follow up one of the most beloved films of all time everything was absolutely crazy and I just the way that it all came together um, this house has thoroughly impressed me and I think it will probably always be really high up for me because of the storytelling on display here. Yeah, I think um, sets are some of the most beautiful we've ever seen. The story, it was, I mean, beautiful. I'm going to say it again. It was beautiful. It was sad. Uh, It it told, uh, not disturbing, but it was, you know, sad. I'm going to say it was sex. I can't think of the word I'm trying to say. Um, I think for me, unfortunately, it, it took a step back from light to 30, and that's going to leave an imprint on me and that's going to kind of keep it down a little bit i still think it's a great house sure um but unfortunately i have to take that in consideration because that's how my mind works sure i can't just forget that existed no i completely understand i think if we only had the memories of light this would probably be a lot higher for you yeah um you and i did this house a lot because we did stay in screencast it's this is my most visited house of all time it's either one or two i don't know if it's it or two's fairy yeah but they're both one and two in some order yeah, I never got tired of walking through this house and uh, the music of this house. Walking in and getting that bump, bump, bada, bump, 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 bada, bump will forever stick with me. And you're totally right. I do think it dropped off a lot during HHN 30. But um, 
the final two weeks, I feel like they really kicked it into high gear again, and now I've only got positive memories yeah. left. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, my number three, one I talk about quite a bit, Graveyard Games. Yeah. Um, going back to Gothic. This house fucking sucks. This is a style that does it for me. It's yeah. perfect. It's perfect. I think you, the, you and your co-host. And my co-host. Yeah. Um, this would probably be her number one, right? I think it is. I think it, I think it, it yeah. is. Uh, the sets, while large and, and gorgeous, were also tattered, graffiti-ridden, and it just felt so real. They had Billy Joe Armstrong out front. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it had, like, the characters not endearing, not in a positive way necessarily, but endearing nonetheless. Sure. Um, the elements of, like, when he's tied up with his phone and his mom's on FaceTime, shit like that. Yeah. Um, the scene where all the candles blow out at the end. And then at the end, you got the scare actor popping out. Um, the, the dark tunnel that people are still terrified of, and they brought back not nearly as effective in Haunting of Hill House. I wonder house. if it's the air this year. I hope so. If they do it right. The dark tunnel's a fun house. It is. It's fun. Um, Halloween. I could see it fitting in Halloween all right. Really? Yeah. I mean, it could probably fit in any house, to be fair. Yeah, you could yeah, probably make, probably it, make work it work in any house. Yeah. Um, Descendants, maybe. But yeah. Who knows? I think really fun story. I think what they did with like Facebook Messenger was really cool. And it gave you more backstory than you've ever had accessible to you yeah. in a house as a guest. I do think that the reason this house... I make fun of it, but I do actually really like this house. It probably does break the top 20. Um, I have really fond memories of walking through this house alone um, and just having a great time. I think that the story is a little convoluted and doesn't necessarily really translate unless you already know what's going on. Um, and that's really the only hang-up I get with it. But besides that, no, I agree. Very scary house. I do think it's a highlight of 29. And in a year where 29 is probably the strongest every year that I've gone. Um, and it feels like even old-timers are like, yeah, 29 is probably going down as an old-timer. Yeah. Um, this is this is part of that. It's one of the crown jewels. Yeah, definitely. Number two, we're actually returning to HHN 30 because I'm not afraid to put this on the list. Wicked Grove, the realm of the pumpkin lord. Hey, my not Number two. Yeah. Number two. It's one of those houses, a little bit more time. Maybe it can maybe it can cross over to number one. Probably not for me, because I thought I had a chance, and I think, again, I have that two-year rule we've discussed for me. Yeah. I have to let it sit. It's already kind of fallen nicely there in number two, I think. I think it's a super solid number two, regardless. I mean, yeah. heck, there's no shame in silver, baby. Um, I mean, I feel like we can both tackle it at the same time, but for me, it all comes down to the vibe. With it being the perfect Halloween house, um, I feel like this house and its reaction is the reason we, we got HHN 31 this year. Because 31 could have been any other year, just the number, but the fact that they're like, look, 31, it's Halloween, people loved the Halloween house last year, let's go all out, and now we have five scare zones themed to Halloween, we have actual Halloween, and everything's all tied together. I think Wicked Growth is a big part of that because the house was so exceptionally done. There's a reason. I, In my book, Pumpkin Lord's going down as an icon. I mean, he is this year. Yeah. The thing he is... He should have been in the marketing. They, they've made it clear that kind of that original... Unless you're Jack, really. You know, you're not marketing the event anymore. Yeah. He's an icon. It's clear. He He's outgreeting the event this He's year. He's outgreeting the event. He even discusses um, how... Well, they discussed how he grew the event. Yeah. This is his event. He made it. Yeah. He's the icon. Done. Um, but I mean, there's so many good scenes too. Start with the indoor facade, the outdoor facade. Beautiful, especially at night. The indoor facade, like breathtaking. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, the bridge. 
the characters involved outside of Pumpkin Lord. There's so many lines, you know, get back there in their ingredient and all yeah. so many lines of people. There's so be, many elements. It's it just had so many pieces that were perfect. And it, it kind of latched on every single piece of like Halloween imagery it can. Yeah. It did them all well. Without just shoving them together, it made it well. No, completely. So that was your number two, huh? Yep. Alright, number one. No surprise to anybody. I've been talking about this house forever. Um since I've gone through it. And in fact, uh, Duff and I, a long time ago, before our friendship developed into what it is, we uh, did an episode about this house. That is Ghost Town, the Curse of Lightning Gulch. And this is one of those houses, like I said, who knows where this year's gonna lead, but apparently Dead Man's Pier is like, not even 2.0, 4.0 version of this house. Cannot fucking wait. If this finally knocks it out of the number one spot, I'm going in with super high expectations. If it doesn't, I'm not disappointed because Ghost Town is an amazing house. But if it does, holy crap, it's making an impression. But Ghost Town, look, I'm not, I'm not super into cowboys and like westerns. I like them. I kind of grew up with that. I grew up with a grandpa that had gun smoke on constantly. How about Bonanza? Yeah, of course. <laughs> but there's something about that setting that I really enjoy being in. Um, and I think a lot of people are that way. I mean, heck, look at the popularity of Ghost Town at Knott's. Um, look at the popularity of Knott's. Yeah, in general. general. Uh, I tweeted out where I was like, oh, it's in the western section. And then I didn't realize half the park was the western section. Um, but anyways, Ghost Town had everything you were just talking about. Triggers that people are still talking about. That's my goal. <laughs> I'll say it back off. That's my goal. That's my goal. Um, you had that amazing set, which the only thing I could compare it to, that wide open Wild West Street, it was really like something out of like Great Movie Ride. It was really the only way that my theme park brain could comprehend it. And the way that they tied in, here's a skeleton with a bullet hole and his rib cages are shattered. And then the ghost pops out and he's got a wound where he got shot. And then just the way they incorporated all these characters and told their stories, um... There's so many layers and details in this house that have stuck with me, and it's something I just remember really, really fondly. And maybe it is one of those things that's just been number one so long. Who knows where it would be if I saw it today? But I'm giving it that. It, it deserves its place. Yeah, and to be honest, I have Dead Man's Beard number one on my hype list this year because before they even fully kind of, they almost said it, right? Yeah. I imagine, that's what I imagined. Sure. A very me too. nautical, ghost town type setting. Which Ghost Town is, again, make a top 15 list, probably on there. Um, so, obviously, it's something I really enjoy. Yeah. Um, my number one, though, I will say, just like you, it's been on my list for so long. If I saw it today, maybe Who it's knows? Not, I don't know. It's kind of one of those things that it's just ingrained the way it is, and I don't... It's going to take something... It's like when you find your favorite album at 16, yeah. and you're like, that's my favorite it's, record. For, exactly. Will something pass it one day? I mean, if Wicked Girl didn't, I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure if anything ever will, but... Um, it's uh, Dead Exposure from yeah. uh, HHN 18. I think it was just a very unique storytelling. First of all, of course, this is your Bloody Mary, and she tied into every event in such a unique way where she was a therapist for everyone. Uh, yep. This one, Charlie McPherson, he was a photographer. Um, so they revealed every scare through flashes of a camera. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's not like Terror Minds where the fucking lamp didn't work and, you know, it depended on shit like that. Like, this was a lighting reveal that actually felt like a camera flash revealing the scares. And obviously, going from pitch black to bright and someone in your face 
it's effective. And there's something about the whir of uh, the flash. I mean, heck, Texas Chainsaw very famously uses that a great yeah. effect. Yeah. And then the thing is, the scare actors and the characters used the masks and makeup and the characters in general were just terrifying. Like they absolutely gorgeous set designs to go with it, uh, which is crazy. Cause you didn't see much. Yeah. It was a very dark house for the most part, but what you saw was beautiful, scary. It's it's just the perfect combination, along with the element of, of course, the Flash. It's I, I just don't know what could beat it because yeah. it's been there for so long. And it was so special because what was that, my third year going at that point? Yeah. And I think that was the first one that I was like terrified of. It actually rocked. Like, yeah. Destroyed me. That was me in the way, Scarecrow. I remember that. In the way that. that I was like, I can't wait to go back in and get destroyed one more yes. time. But you get a little nervous. Yeah, exactly. Palms are sweaty, yeah. mom's spaghetti. I think yeah. I got to do it four, four or five times total. And every time I went in terrified, yeah. but excited. Yeah, that's something I haven't experienced since Scarecrow, so I'm kind of hoping we get a little and bit I of that. I don't think that's something I'll ever get to experience that level again because I've been going... And you know the tricks, and you know... You get desensitized, you understand the layouts better. You know, all that stuff is bound to happen, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I just don't know that I'll ever get that rush to that level ever again. Good pick. So I guess I'll uh, I'll close up in a second. Was Patient Zero a good house? Good? Yes. Great? No. No. That's okay. I think that's a good yeah. answer. It did have that, like, dope-ass Gesefelstein song. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I think the atmosphere was a lot of fun. Yeah. And I think, I mean, it. as far as, like, Scare Factor, it followed up that exposure pretty well. I feel like it's like Nightingales. It? Like, like, it was a follow-up. I think one thing you'll hear from a lot of people about that house, at the very least, is it scared the shit out of them. Yeah. So, that no. fucking monkey scene, especially before they turn the lights up a bit. With nine-inch nails Holy blaring shit. instrumentally. Yeah. Well, folks, surprisingly, this episode is almost a full-length one, but there's no other way that I'd rather kick off Stay in Screamcast season. We are literally just minutes away from being called to uh, go check in for our HHN Media Night. So we'll be back real soon with our opinions of that event. In fact, you'll probably already hear them by the time this episode goes out. But uh, we want to thank you all for joining us. Uh, we're going to do several more of these throughout the season. We're going to try to do them weekly. Can't always make that promise, as we learned last year. It's hard to coordinate. I'm going to be honest. It is hard to coordinate these things, but um, we enjoy them just as much as you all enjoy listening to them, and that's why we meet and do these things. But um, for now, I just want to go ahead and thank you for listening to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights. As a reminder, the next episode... We switch up feeds, so if you want the second episode of this, go follow HHN365 uh, wherever you get your podcasts, and they'll keep you up to date there. So, I've been Hunter, and with me has been Dove. And for now, I just want you to uh, remember to uh, um, go huff on a fog machine, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now get out.